1899, somewhere in the Memphis necropolis, close to Saqqara, Egypt, a few workmen were digging. They were excavating a mastaba covered by the desert sand. After a while, one of the workmen noticed something, a sealed entrance to the tomb. They shout out to gain the attention from Victor Loray, the leader of the excavation. Together, they broke the seal and opened the tomb. Inside were many wondrous things, but a little wooden bird was put to the side and nearly forgotten. It wasn't until Khalil Messiah saw the item at the Egyptian Museum it would start to take off. Hi, I'm Frederick. I'm the host of Archaeologist and UFOs podcast. What you just heard was my artistic rendering on uh, how today's item was found. And this is the podcast where we cover artifacts and ideas from the ancient alien realm (laughs) to see if it's true or not. Today we will talk about the Saqqara bird, a little wooden statue where very little research has been done but many claims have been made about it. Some believe that this bird is evidence that the ancient Egyptians did know how to fly. What we do know is that the bird is made out of wood, of course, and is about 18 centimeters long. And it has an inventory number JE33109 SR4 6347. It was excavated by Victor Loray during 1899, but unfortunately, we don't have a more exact date on when it was found. The item was discovered in the Memphis necropolis close to Saqqara. The more precise location is unfortunately not noted in the registration, collection, management and documentation department at the Egyptian Museum in Cairo. It's not mentioned in Loray's own notes for 1899 either, leaving us to wonder exactly where Loray found it. But today you will be able to find it in room 22 at the Egyptian Museum in Cairo. I have, while researching this, seen references to a Padi Imen or Padi Amun, but this seems to be based on an article in Egypt Travel Magazine number 153 from 1973. The issue here is that number 153 was published in 1969, and uh, as far as I managed to uncover, the magazine has not been published in the 70s. So my suspicion is that the article might not exist. But if you, dear listener, happen to have it, feel free to send it to me. But from the style and the context we know about, we're quite sure that this bird is from the Ptolemaic period in Egypt. So it's from somewhere between 305 BCE and 30 CE. And the end date there is, of course, with the death of Cleopatra VII. The Ptolemaic period is the last dynasty of what we might call the classical Egypt. The Ptolemaic dynasty started after the death of Alexander the Great and one of his generals, Ptolemy I, Sother, seized power in Egypt. So we know very little, but where do all these claims come from? Well, it seems to have started with Khalil Messiah and he was a physician and a dowser. The two things that seems to be very known about him. Apart from his interest in the new age methods of finding things, he was quite a flight enthusiast. One day at the Egyptian museum, he spotted his little wooden bird and thought, hey, 
that looks quite aerodynamic. Exactly when this happened is with a lot of in the story quite unclear, but he did go on and publish an article in 1991 called Aeronetics, African Experimental Aeronetics, a 2000 year old model glider. Messiah does claim that this wooden bird is a model of an ancient glider. And looking at it, sure, it does look somewhat aerodynamic, but at the same point, so do statues in general that depicting birds. But people who believe this think it would represent a glider, and they point especially to the horizontal tail, because birds usually don't have a horizontal tail, they have a vertical tail. So why it's horizontal is because a stabilizer with flaps are supposed to go on top of this horizontal tail. According to the proponents, this part is broken off. And if you look closely, you will notice that on one side of the bird, there's a small dent on the side, but on top of the tail, you will, if you look closely, notice that it's a smooth surface. So the stabilizer was not carved on the top there. No, if you look at Egyptian woodwork in general, they would have used plugs, as we would see if you look at the front wings to get the stabilizer on top of the tail on the bird but we won't see any holes either so my theory is that it's just a little dent but let's humor this sailplane theory how would it be launched today the most common way is to launch a sailplane with another airplane with an engine but the proponents at least don't Think that they had engines back then so how did they launch it well the main idea seems to be that they used a catapult but then we have another issue from what i can find it seems that they by catapult means a trebuchet and sure there were trebuchet like catapults in china from the 4th century bce but they seem to not have been quite popular in the mediterranean until the byzantine empire but let's assume that they would use a greek catapult for this it would be fitting for the Ptolemaic dating of the bird so these catapults were not big things but some sources do say that they could throw projectiles up towards 250 kilos so could it have hurled an early glider plane well depending on the material so that would be a maybe they usually weigh around 100 kilo give or take but i don't believe that it would have been very pleasant or efficient and probably not even possible (laughs) It would probably just have been a tug on the rope and the plane just moved a few meters. That might be the reasons why I don't find many examples of glider launched with catapults, even to this day. So some other proponents bring up that they might have used the winchlash method or a bungee cord method. But for the winch method, it's usually left out that it needs an engine that's quite powerful. So what they then do is to pull out the rope from the winch and add it to the plane and then with the help of the engine pull the plane quickly against the wind to get a higher launch so since this method would require an engine maybe they used the bungee method then so it was somewhat used in the early days and some still use it today even if it's quite rare for it to work you stand on top of a large hill you fasten the elastic bungee cord to a hook on the plane and then you lock the wheels of the glider and you need four people or more to start pulling 
the quarter pack. On a signal, the wheels are freed and the plane sh shouts out like an arrow or a bullet from a slingshot. These should also be launched with strong headwinds to get some extra lift. The downside is with the bungee method that you don't really fly quite far. And we also don't have any evidence that Egyptians made or had any sort of knowledge about rubber or access to it, which would make the bungee cords, well, at least tricky to create. It's also good to know that the prevailing wind pattern in Egypt is north to south. This is maybe the most visible in depictions of both upon the Nile. If you look at the drawings, you can see if the boats are traveling south or north by the presence of sails. So no sails, but oar means the boat is going north. Sails and no oars means that it's heading south. Then we get to maybe the most important part. Is it really aerodynamically shaped? Well, again, if you create a bird, it will, of course, to some extent by default be aerodynamic. Just as a paper plane will be able to fly just to the shape and construct. But all of these different studies on how aerodynamic the bird really is, you should have to admit usually in the beginning, that they have made changes to a few things on the bird to make it more aerodynamic. It's the same when you see it in different documentaries, where they usually put it in a wind tunnel. Usually the wings are shaped more as on a modern airplane, and the whole bird is usually more streamlined, of course, with a rudder on the back. So again, this part doesn't really hold up either. It's no advanced knowledge that somebody who wasn't trying to depict a bird wouldn't have. So the proponents haven't really shown how this little 18 centimeter statue really would be a scale model of the plane or even what it would have been used for. It would have quite limited range and uses. It could have been used as a part of a religious ritual, but then I think we would have seen more documentation of it from the ancient Egyptians. So if it was not a glider, what was the bird made for then? And to be honest, we, we don't know. Some suggest it's a local variation of Horus. Maybe it was a toy that was dear to the owner of the tomb. We do know that they tend to put in things that the deceased would have use for in the afterlife. Maybe the owner was an avid falconer, and to be honest, we don't know, and maybe we'll never know for sure. But if it's something that we can be pretty darn sure, is that this is not evidence for gliders in ancient Egypt. Did you like this episode? Please leave a positive review on your podcast player. If you want to hear more from me, you should check out our sister show, Digging Up Ancient Aliens, where we watch the TV series and break down the claims in a long-form format. We often have fun guests like Blake Smith from Monster Talk, Dr. Bill Farley from Video Game Archaeology, or Dr. Tina Russell. You can find out more about this on our website, diggingupancientaliens.com, and of course, it's linked in the show notes to this show. Until next time, stay curious.